Friends, our second reading of Scripture today comes to us from the New Testament, from John's Gospel, from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. And I invite you to follow along in one of your pew Bibles or in the bulletin or listen along to the Scripture. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. In her 1908 poem, The Gate of the Year, Minnie Louise Haskins opens with the following lines. God knows. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I set forth, and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And God led me towards the hill and the breaking of the day in the lone east. In Haskins' poem, the reader assumes the role of the one who places their hand into the hand of God. But we know that placing our hand into the hand of God is often more complicated than it sounds. As we look around us, as we take in everything that's happening, the inhumanity that consumes us, especially all that has happened, as we are barely a quarter of the way through the year. If Jesus is the shepherd who calls us by name, the gate of life, How do we follow? How do we avoid the mistake of letting a thief or a stranger take our hand? The author of the Gospel of John juxtaposes two notions of a good shepherd, compares two understandings of a good shepherd. On the one hand, we have Caesar, almighty Caesar, who maintains secure borders, provides for the well-being of only some of the flock, 
because if you aren't Roman, then you don't really get the full share of benefits, receive little to any assistance, really. And on the other hand, we have Jesus. Jesus, who brings healing and wholeness when the powers that be, when Caesar's power that promised security and greener pastures fails to live up to the false promises they made. Some of this should sound familiar. At the very least, we should see how even in ancient texts like this, there is truth breathed into our midst today. Because talking about thieves and bandits and strangers, we find a multitude who present themselves as the good shepherd. But in reality, they are just Caesar who comes with false prophets. Think of all the pundits, all the politicians, all the campaigners who tell us that if we keep X group out, if we keep out the poor, if we keep out illegals, if we keep out those who have mental health struggles, if we keep out those who have been plagued by some kind of disaster beyond their control, then things will be better for you. Think about all the advertisements, all the reels you see on social media that tell you if you aren't doing this, you're missing out on a successful, not necessarily happy, life. There are countless figures, countless forces in our midst that we choose to take the hand of over the hand of God because we think it will be better for us, not better for the flock, but for us and us alone. The line in Haskins' poem that really strikes home for me is the one where she writes, and he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. It's another poignant reminder for us as we hear Jesus speaking to the group who has gathered around him. With the compelling voices we hear all around us, voices of the empire, voices of Caesar ringing in our ears, when all those things tempt us, all we need to do is put our hand into the hand of God, which is better than any wall, any better than any promise of false security, better than any kind of other shortcut or hack in life, because Jesus calls to us, provides us the hand of the good shepherd, not that of a thief or a bandit whose promises are only vain. As Jesus calls to us and extends this hand of the good prophet, we find that we have an obligation to keep watch, to keep watch well over the gate of the sheepfold. Because instead of the gate acting as a force that keeps things out, instead of keeping out the undesirable or the unworthy, it is a gate that is instead thrown open 
thrown open to all who hear the call of the shepherd who calls them by name. Unlike the gate of Caesar, which restricts the flow of goods and services, the gate of heaven, the gate to the kingdom of God, is thrown open. And it says there's plenty. There's enough. There's more than enough. And all are welcome. If we let that sink in, we'll understand that our mentality and our spirituality, our spiritual lives, need to shift if we are to grow. Grow as a people of faith, grow as a church, and as a community. Because for too long, Caesar and the bandits have held us in bondage with fear of the other, fear of what-ifs. But the truth is that if we stopped heeding their call and instead followed the call of the Good Shepherd, we would find ourselves walking towards the hills and the breaking of the day. Listening to Jesus' call takes work. If we are to shift, if we are to sift out the truth of God's life way from the ways of death. I remember reading a story one time about a roommate, and I don't, I don't know if you've had a particularly bad roommate in your life at some point. You don't have to share that story. But I remember a story, reading a story about a very bitter roommate who was tired of their roommate's dogs destroying their apartment. Would tear up the couches, would tear up all the, the things that you really don't want because you want your security deposit at the end. So they thought they would try to prank the dogs. They learned to imitate their owner's voice. The first few times the dogs didn't pay any attention until they nailed it just right and they came running. They were happy, their tails were wagging, but when they got to the door they looked confused because it obviously wasn't who they were expecting. After a few more times of this, the dogs stopped coming because they knew it wasn't their owner calling to them. We hear, like in our reading for today, part of our task is learning to discern, to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, to discern between who is the thief or the bandit and who is the Good Shepherd. And when we can discern who we are following, who we are responding to, that is when we can begin the worthwhile task of following as a disciple of God. There's a lot of voices that call out to us, that try to take us away from the Good Shepherd. Some voices tell us that we're not going to be good enough. You're not good enough. Some voices tell us no matter how hard we try, how hard you try, you're just going to end up failing. Some voices will tell us to give up, to throw in the towel, to go home, to not even try. 
but through the flurry of all these voices, there is still one that rings out, always calling us back. And that is the voice of the Good Shepherd. For every voice that tells us that we will never be enough, the Good Shepherd says, you're beautiful just the way you are. For every voice that tells us you will fail, the Good Shepherd says, don't worry. I'll be there with you when you try again. For every voice that tells us we will fail, the Good Shepherd is there to offer a comforting presence. And for every voice that tells us to give up and to go home, the voice of the Good Shepherd pierces through and says, I came that they, that you, may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, as we find ourselves in the midst of changing seasons, not just calendar-wise or physically, we find ourselves in a changing time, a changing culture, a landscape of people's hearts, including our own. And it's my prayer that during this time, each and every one of us listens for the voice of the Good Shepherd calling us by name. It's my prayer for each of us and each and every one of us to hold tight unto the hand of God, who leads us to abundant life and to reject and if needed, slap away the hand of Caesar, who tries to lead us astray. The opportunity is still at hand for us to make a difference, for us to turn things around, to make it so that all, including us, can live in the abundance of God's divine love. So spend some time unplugging from the myriad of voices that tell you, that call to you. And instead, spend some time listening for the Good Shepherd who calls out to you by name. And once you hear that voice and take hold of God's hand, let it fill you with enough life and love so that there is an abundance that overflows and you, that you can share so that no gate no thief, no bandit can say there isn't enough or that it is impossible. For nothing is impossible if we follow and heed the call of our loving God. Amen.